Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. I had one central thought. Um, there's a lot of messages you know, that could come out of that. There's a lot of neat things that you could point out. Um, but one thing just kind of kept reoccurring to me. You know, th- this feels like Esau, but it sounds like Jacob. Feels, feels, feels right, but it doesn't sound right. The word, you know, the spoken word there, it, it doesn't, you know, it feel, feels good, feels right, but it doesn't sound right. And, uh, you know, I I'm, had a conversation with somebody the other day and was just encouraging them. And uh, this, is, this is the first thing I want to say. Um, you ask a question of the air and Satan will answer it. If you ask a question to the air, Satan would love to answer that for you. And we'll get into what that means. Um, in the spiritual world, Satan reads everybody's mail except God's. You know, everything out there that he can use, because uh, indeed the Word of God tells us that he is the prince of the power of the air. He does have spiritual power, and this is actually um, his place to, to dwell, his place to, to fight and to work, and he, he has a, you know, a, a measure of authority over the sinful, fallen world, and so he's dangerous. Like That's kind of his turf. Like whenever you, are, whenever you speak to God and you speak to the Holy Spirit, like he can't answer that. Like He can't kind of get in the, involved in that. He can't speak for God, but a lot of times we don't you know, always ask God particularly we just kind of ask whatever or whoever or however and just, you know, and we allow ourselves to wonder and to seek worldly wisdom in a lot of different ways. Um, Satan reads everybody's mail except God's. And the only reason he doesn't read God's is because God gave him a change of address with authority. If you read in the Word of God what that looked like, Satan tried to overcome God while he was in heaven. And, uh, and Satan was a powerful angel who, was, uh, who lived in heaven with God. And then he tried this failed coup. Next thing you know, um, God has thrown Satan to the earth like a bolt of lightning and pff, he's out of there. And that's the only reason he doesn't even get to, you know, he, he doesn't try to interfere with, with, with what we, you know, he tries to, but he cannot speak for God. And whenever God speaks, there's clarity, there's truth, there's the word which he has preserved for us. And the enemy has always tried to squelch the word, by the way, everything that he can, now, in, including using people and even using men and using the church sometimes, you know, the, not the real church, not the true body. But uh, for many, many, many years, um, unless you could read Latin, you couldn't even read the Bible at all. So, I mean, if you read in English, you read in French, you read in German, didn't matter because only the priests were allowed to have the word. Latin Vulgate. I'm teaching you some history right now. And Martin, the reason Martin Luther is such a big deal is because, you know, he wanted to, uh, he, he wanted, he wanted the, the, the Bible in everybody's own language. And every, that, that was a huge thing. The Tyndale translators, um, this is the Reformation. And now we all have the word that we can read. And we say, well, you, you're lying because this is what the Bible says. This is what God's word actually says. So Satan always tries to uh, convolute even the word of God. You ever seen somebody who uh, who loves to answer other people's questions like it's not them but they like to step in and like interject you know we've all got somebody in our mind right now but they always like uh, jump in like you know I can ask you, you know, hey uh, you know what's this and then that per- other person always pipes in and tries to give the answer everybody's got somebody one or two of those kind of people in your life you know just constantly interjecting answering the other questions um, some people just love to answer other people's phones. 
you know, and, and, and just, you know, make, make trouble. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I hope this, is, this illustration works, but uh, who was one of your cousins um, that was prank calling everybody and didn't realize that, you know, the new technology was uh, the, the ability to see what the number was, the caller ID? Who was that? Which one of your cousins was that? Br- Brandon and Jude, of course, yeah. Okay, so Brandon uh, was calling everybody and, uh, you know, saying, you know, leaving prank calls. You all, you know, a lot of you did it, Bob. Brother Bob, I bet you, you left some prank calls at some point. No? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I bet. I, I've done it. I mean, you know, just go through random names in the phone book and, you know, you like to cut up. And Brandon did it and somebody had caller ID and they called, you know, and called back and said, you know, wait till your parents get home. And so Judy... You know, in her most adult voice, said, called the number back and said, Sir, I am so sorry for what my son did, you know, his older sister, who's getting him out of trouble. You know, and I'm so, I can't believe that. He has been punished accordingly, and I just want you to know that everything's been taken care of, and, uh, and you know, he'll, it'll never happen again. And, and got off the phone and got away with it, so he didn't get in trouble like he ought to. Some people like to answer uh, other people's phones. Some people like to open other people's mail, or like, you know, you know that, yeah, that's, well, I mean, even like, uh, I'll tell you one thing. My sweet, precious wife cannot stand to have an unopened package right there, like from Amazon or something. Oh, it just burns her up, and I'll just leave it right out there. And just, do you get in that package yet? Just curious, curious, curious. But I want to make a serious spiritual application here. Satan um, loves to speak into, into, the, into confusion. He loves it, and he's good at it. Um, when you speak into the void, Satan will fill it. You know, somebody was talking to me about Ouija boards the other day. Matter of fact, me and me and Brother Andrew were talking and about uh, about this one particular church, and they they got some doctrinal teaching all messed up and got real weird. And they were out there, and I saw a video of them do it, laying on the graves of prophets and people and ministers and great pastors of the past, Jonathan Edwards or people like that, they went out and laid on their graves to soak up their anointing and were trying to utilize it. I'm serious. You know, there's, there's a bunch of like uh, grave chasers or mantle, mantle grabbers, whatever, you know, they have a bunch of names for them. And, uh, but, and then there was one particular person, he, he decides, uh, you know, and it almost sounded good for a second. You know, because he was like, he was speaking, he was like, you know, he's standing at the grave, I think Spurgeon or some, some great minister, you know, and, uh, in England. He was just there standing on his grave, um, trying to utilize his anointing, calling out this and saying, in Jesus' name, this, this, and this, this. Weird stuff. Weird stuff. And uh, you got to be very, very careful. And what I told Pastor, you know, I, I, I said, this, they're lucky they have not had a demonic, you know, a, a demonic encounter. Because, like, no, you, just like the, the, the king, Saul, tried to call forth, you know, and, you know the, the, the prophet Samuel. This is exactly what happened. Next thing you know, I don't, you know, we don't know if it, for sure if it was Samuel or not, but you, he's hearing a voice, and that's not good. This seance is what it is. You've got to be so, so, so careful because if you speak, and I'm talking to our church now, sometimes you've got to be careful spiritually what you allow in. You've got to be careful about what you say. Because if you don't address your questions and your fears to God, 
The enemy would love to, to move into the confusion of your life and of your spirit and would love to superimpose himself and speak doubt and lies and come against you. Use, oh, yeah, that's, there's a reason why God is not the author of confusion. Satan loves to work in confusion. So we've got to use the word. That, that's how we stay centered, amen? See, the spoken and inspired word of God, um, it, it's been written down. That's the, that's the main thing. Um, and, and as I begin to think about this passage of Scripture, you know, it feels like, well, but, but what about the Word? What about, what about what the Word says? So I'm challenging you right now, like, do not make your decisions on what's spiritually true and right based on how you feel, based on your feeling. Because you have this, this guy, and, and his, his eyesight is dim. And I understand, you know, sometimes our eyesight, and our understanding is not as complete as we wish it was. And, you know, because you know, life is complicated, and there's actually not a Bible verse for every single, you know, decision, which house should I buy, you know, this, this, this kind of stuff. Uh, you want to be a good steward, but sometimes you don't know exactly which way to go. You don't, you know, there's some confusion there, and you don't know which way to turn in your desperation. And, and Satan wants to, to jump into that. So um, we, whenever we have a choice, um, you know, the, the Word of God, I believe, says this, but I feel like this is right. Uh, you need to understand that if you're going off feelings, uh, you can be deceived every time. What does the Word say? What is the full... Co- and that's why we got to read our Bibles, church. It's, I mean, if you have read the whole book on a test and you know all the information kept in, what, what is your grade going to be? You're right. I mean, you're not gonna, if you've really read the whole thing and it's a test over the material, you're not going to miss anything because you have the full counsel of the subject. And whenever we have, I'm telling you, whenever we really get the Word of God deep down in our hearts, uh, we're in good shape because we'll say, hey, that's, that's not right. That's not true. That's not true. The Word of God doesn't, you know, says you know, in this and this verse, in this chapter, in this, this story, well, you know, God didn't do that. No, God came against that. As a matter of fact, Apostle Paul, you know, he teaches against that. You know, that's, that, that's some false doctrine. I don't receive that, and I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to allow that to, uh, I'm not going to come into agreement with that. Now, here, here's, here's another word, and this is for another time, but um, I'm just going to kind of add it in right now. Lord was just giving me some different thoughts earlier. You know that you can come into agreement with something without ever professing it. What does that mean? You can come in you can come into spiritual agreement with something without ever ever saying it out loud. That's the truth. And there are a lot of people that let me tell you let me tell you, church, there are a lot of people who have gone along with something that if you even just said it out loud, they'd deny it. But they've come into agreement with things. And according to the word, the harshest judgment is reserved not for the one who lies, but for one who knows truth and says nothing. There, I have this quote from Martin Luther King, Jr., in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. I tell you, you can come into a spiritual agreement with something in your life 
don't know what God God wants to do tonight, but um, you can come into and you can come into spiritual agreement with a lie from the enemy that you would rebuke if it was said word for word. But you're living under it. You're living in it. You know, you would never say that God cannot do this in my life, but you're living it. You're living in defeat. So you've come spiritually into agreement with something, with, 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 with a discouragement, with, with a lie that you've now become comfortable living under the condemnation. You have spiritually shifted yourself into agreement with something that you know is not right. And if you said it out loud, you wouldn't even agree with yourself. But that doesn't matter. What are you spiritually in agreement with? You know, you, you, I don't care how, you know, it's not just about how you vote, but how do you live? not just what you wear, but what your heart say. Why are you doing what you're doing? You can come into spiritual bondage in fear. Oh, my, my friend, uh, you can live in such fear and condemnation. And what you're doing is you are coming into a spiritual agreement with the lie of the enemy that the, the, the power of God is not enough. That God is not able to heal, to change, to speak life, and, and to take care of every situation. I know people like that. You know, they're living in constant anxiety and fear over situations that are out of their control. And if you're going to live that way, then what you're saying, what you're spiritually coming under into agreement with is that God doesn't have that. God doesn't have control. Like, I, I, I don't feel safe. I don't feel like he's got my best. I don't feel like uh, everything that, that, you know, all things are going to work you know, together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I, I say that, but I don't live that because I'm living under the fear and anxiety that the enemy has brought into my life. We need to make sure that we, we take a deep look at what you're saying and then take a deeper look at, at, at what your spirit, where your spirit's at. Does God have the power or not? Do you really believe in it? Is he really worth uh, dying for? I said last week, I said, um, you know, and using the, the passage of scripture where Timothy is, uh, you know, it takes on circumcision because, you know, that's the, that's the right thing that for him to do. And I said, if, if that little part of you is not, you know, crucified with Christ, then I guarantee you the whole rest of you ain't. And we can say that it is, but it's really easy for me to say, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll live for God. I'll do anything for him. Well, do you, here's the thing. You say you would do anything for God, but are you doing anything? Are you doing what you can do? Because I know if, you, if, if, you, if you're not doing what, what's right in front of what you can do, then I know that if God says, you know, go to deepest, dark, darkest Africa, you're not doing that. Because verbally we're one place, and I, and I have nobody in mind right there, but I'm giving good biblical teaching. You can come into spiritual agreement with things that you would never in your well-educated, quaffed, Biblical standpoint, your, 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 your 10 points of who I am as a Bible-believing, doctrinally sound Christian, you would never say it, but sometimes we can still fall into that, into that trap. Into that, what, is your, what does your life say about it? Amen? Some people trust what they feel. Don't do that. Don't trust what you feel. We, we're Pentecostal, you know. We're spirit-filled, you know, Christians. We like to feel. Feeling's part of, you know, we're we're big on that actually. And I am. I love to feel the power of God. I love to feel the presence of the Lord. I love what we felt tonight in our worship service. It was powerful, you know. 
but I don't actually operate out of my feelings, even my good feelings. You know? Oh, we're, we're on toes now, man. Let me tell you, I knelt right there and I wept and I felt the presence of God and I felt good, but I actually don't operate out of what I feel. I operate out of this book. Because what is the seat of our emotions, you know, in, in, in modern culture, especially? It's our heart. You know, what does our heart say? You know, trust your heart. I got on somebody's you know, Instagram the other day and said, they had some, some terrible, stupid, unbiblical quote, you know, about, you know, uh, do what your heart says. Follow your heart and your heart. And I was like, don't do it. You know, just being a troll. But uh, I said, don't trust your heart. My Bible says that man's heart, what, uh, sister, could, could you bring up Jeremiah 17 and 9? Jeremiah 17, somebody else get Jeremiah 17, 9 for me. Yeah, you, you got, you almost, let's get it all the way. Jeremiah 17, 9. Door drill. Who's got it? Trust my heart, huh? How about no? You know what I mean? Like, trusting your heart has got people into such terrible, terrible, terrible decisions. Don't trust your heart. Trust the Word. Trust your Lord and Savior. Trust the revelation of truth from the Word of God. Don't trust your heart. Your heart will lead you astray. And the, the, the enemy will, will any, anything that's outside of the confines of, of God's Word, the enemy will love to give you all kinds of good sounding, you know, and you'll, 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 you'll feel it, and you know, it feels right. You know, this, surely this feels like, you know, my son, this is, this is the blessing. This is the right way. This is the right one. And, you know, I, I kind of have this check in my spirit. I'm not sure. It doesn't sound right. The Word is not right. You know, the, you know, the, that that is not is not adding up, but it feels good. It feels true. It feels right, and uh, you know it even smells right. So I'm using everything else other than the voice, the word. And I can tie those in very closely because uh, what is the word? It is the written revelation of God. I challenge you: trust the word. Don't trust how it feels. Trust the word. We need it. Amen. Satan would love to steal things from you, the birthright, the blessing. He, he wants it all. And whenever we trust the feelings over the word, then we get in all kinds of trouble. Amen? Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much um, for the reading of your word tonight, God, and for just the, the revelation of truth um, that... Uh, we don't need to wonder about these things, about uh, what, what is true and what is real about human sexuality, about, uh, about the, uh, the sanctity of life, the sanctity of marriage, God. We don't need to, uh, to wonder. We don't need to open up avenues for the enemy to come in and sow confusion about holy living, about righteousness, about, uh, uh, about being upright and following you in holiness, God. We have the word of God, and that is good enough for me. It will take us to heaven. It will, it will make us more like you, God. So we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your holy word. We thank you for the revelation of truth, a truth that I can trust, a truth that will stand the test of time. And that would, that, you know, your, your word does not need a software update. 
Your word does not need uh, you know, an, you know, an enhanced version. It doesn't need to be dumbed down for a society that is changing, God. Your word is true. It stands the test of time. And you are the same yesterday, today, and forever in who you are. God, help us to, in the moments where the enemy would love to sow confusion, to not go with what I feel, but go with what I hear from the word of God, from the preaching, from the teaching, from the revelation of your truth. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.